first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. You know, would would you? I wouldn't want to play them. I'd be like, no, like, show me some receipts that those guys follow protocol. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, but you know, once by the time these by the time the season start and they get these games going, that's the thing. It's probably one. moot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> because like, but well, we know we know this. We know how this goes. <laughs> once the thing starts rolling, oh, okay, look, we're okay. We got enough bodies. We got a few fans. Yeah. Well. Game on. So, yeah. Welcome to an ACC podcast. We had us we had the games last week. We had the opponents for the ACC and then this week we got game days, not times because as we know those are pretty elusive, but we did get times uh, or we we did get dates. So that's something. I'm Lauren Brownlow. Um and this week I've got a guest on that we've had on before, but he has a little bit of a different title now. Uh, Jonas Pope, now the NC State beat writer for the News and Observer. Hey, Jonas. It's crazy. Now I'm on the ACC podcast and I actually have a job covering an ACC school officially now. I mean, I mean I've covered a lot of ACC schools, but officially. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you were always like the rotation player for the NNO. So it's not like you didn't know, you know, what was going on in ACC in ACC land, but congrats. You've had a lot of big news this year. 2020 has been trash for most people, but not for you. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I made that clear. I told somebody that on Twitter. Well, I, I told everybody that on Twitter. I was like, you know, as bad as 2020 has been for most people, I cannot complain. I have no complaints. 2020 has been great for your boy. So, uh, yeah, new job, baby on the way, everybody in the family's healthy. So I, I don't, I, you won't hear me complain. There's no complaints, uh, coming from the Pope household. <laughs> I saw you tweet something about like your wife talking to you early in the morning and you having um, a negative reaction to that. And I, I almost jumped straight into your mentions, you know, just like, man, she is pregnant. You better let her do whatever she wants within reason. You Listen, know, I, I don't we can't. There, there are some things I'm willing to chalk up to her being pregnant. Her just waking up at three in the morning because it was a storm going on. But her, no, the power went out. So her waking up at three in the morning because the power went out just to have random conversations. I would not, I would not credit that one to the baby. No, that's just, that was unnecessary. <laughs> nah. so, some of that is hashtag married life too. And I know you guys are newly married as well. So like it's the dumbest things. Like I took my husband and, and son to the airport today. Um, the, you know, and they, my husband had said, you know, we've got a flight at seven and I'm like, okay, cool. I can sleep till like five 30. All of a sudden, his alarm goes off at five. I'm extremely disoriented. And I'm like, it's 5 a.m. He's like, yeah, I want to go now. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that 30 minutes of sleep is extremely valuable when I'm already waking up before seven. Like, you got to be kidding me with this. And then I, he was too early to the airport gate. So I've done an I told you so 
uh, dance nah. to him. Like, come on, man. I'm with your husband, though. There's never, there's never a such thing. There's no, there's no, there's no such thing as too early. Like the great, the great Luke DeCock once told me, nothing bad ever happens by showing up early. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy who I'll get places way too early all the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm with your husband on that one. Look, I usually am too, but we got the pre-check now, you know, and like. The pre-check, the TSA pre-check is wonderful, by the way, but it's like, that helps. You know, you, you breeze through security. I mean, I'm not saying, look, a 530 is not unreasonable for a seven o'clock flight. We live 15 minutes from the airport. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying that 30 minutes was valuable to me. Okay. <laughs> anyway. okay. Yeah. Married life. It is. The, it's the dumbest things that, that, that'll, that'll get you going. But to be fair, I, I get the sleep thing. I get it. I listen, do get that. Listen, a perfect, a perfect segue until my wife just texts me like she got to turn around and come back to the house because she forgot her mask again. And I remind her daily, don't forget your mask when you're leaving. So married life, man. You're right. Hashtag married life. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy. Um, so you've been on the state beat now, what, like a couple weeks, two weeks? Two weeks, two weeks officially. Yes. Well, officially, I kind of did it all summer too, but yes, two weeks officially uh, on the state beat. So, uh, how's it going so far? I know Dave Doran has not been quite as chatty with the media as like David Cutcliffe and Mac Brown have been, you know, during the pandemic, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. It's not a big deal. He's talked to them a couple of times. So, um, what, what have you been sort of gleaning from your time so far in the state B when it comes to the football side? Hey, first of all, Dave Doran shouted me out uh, on his on his first. I know, game. I love that. No bad, no Doran uh, bashing. No, I like Dave. Yeah, yeah, nah, Dave. So far, so good. I mean, obviously, it's it's unique circumstances. We're not we're not there at practice. We're not talking to people face to face. And you're right, we didn't we didn't hear from State as much, you know, over the summer as we did from like some others from Mac Brown and and from David Cutcliffe at Duke. Um, and really, from that first couple of days of practice, there, was, there wasn't, you know, a whole lot to talk about. You know, coaches give you that, that coach speak. You know, we're just running around and guys are trying to get into shape. So there's not a, a whole lot to, to, you know, dive into, even though Dave almost, you know, he made a lot of headlines during his first press conference, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, so but so far, no, not a whole lot going on. But, you know, just get, they just giving us the basic stuff. But I'm, I'm at this point. I'm just I'm just happy to just be talking to coaches and players, regardless. So so far, so good. Yeah. Um. Little context there, in case you in case you missed it. Um, Dave. So Dave was asked. To be fair, Dave was asked about um, heat exhaustion and how the trainers are sort of dealing with the fact that I guess there are some similars of COVID that are, have some overlap, which I didn't. I mean, I guess a fever, but right. I didn't um, realize that either. But yeah. You're yeah. Right. It was. Yeah. And so, like, how are they training to make sure of what it is or not get the two confused, I guess, was how I understood the question. I don't I don't exactly. Yeah, it was um, and nothing against Josh Graham, who asked that question. But, you know, I just was a little confused by what he was kind of getting at. But Dave um, talked a lot about heat exhaustion in his answer. Um and hydration. And I was actually kind of fascinated by the technology of that too. Like that they like analyze the sweat and you've heard some of that, I guess, but uh, that was pretty interesting to me. I was like, wow, you know, you analyze the way they sweat to know that how they need to be hydrated and whatnot. And it's gotten so technologically advanced. And, and he, he sort of mentioned that he worried more about COVID or about heat exhaustion than he does about COVID who, you know, most guys he said would only get it for, I think he said like three to five days at this age group, 
which I was like, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> no, no, science, science says otherwise on that one, Dave. Yeah, I thought that was a bizarre. Um, I've just have never I've never even heard that as a talking point, like from from people that would dismiss it. Like I've heard people say it doesn't affect that age group statistically that seriously, which I get. You know, the one thing in that answer that kind of got to me, though, Jonas, and I don't know if if you picked up on this, too, you probably did because you're you're very astute. But when he talked about with heat exhaustion, because he answered way more about that, um, because that's kind of what the question was about. Um, But he he mentioned guys having sickle cell Mm -hmm. and that they watch those guys especially closely. And my heart kind of stopped in that moment because I'm like, wait, there are guys that have that that are back right now. They would keep them away from the program for a while just to be safe. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I looked it up and yeah, they're definitely at higher risk if they are to contract COVID uh, in terms of complications. And uh, I was really struck by that because you would think that like you said yeah like a lot of guys with any sort of condition that might you know make covid worse would not want to play and it just sort of hits home it's not like we don't already know this but it just sort of hit home and drove home this notion of like you know it, it's it, it could be scary and, and guys could die you know yeah. thankfully nobody has but then that kind of get got driven home again um later with a story from clemson but i mean i want to get to the Doran thing first i didn't know what you thought about his comments. Uh, well, Josh did add some context when he tweeted the quote, because at first he just sort of tweeted Dave's answer about the COVID three to five day part and that he was more worried about heat exhaustion. And yeah, people were understandably a little bit annoyed by that because I think what they thought by that is that like he was asked a question about COVID and then mentioned heat exhaustion, which right. makes it look way worse. Right. Right. And I think like, like you just said, I don't think I thought too much about it because I heard, the whole question, I heard his whole answer, uh, as opposed to like the Twitter reaction, like and what the tweet was just about the COVID and uh, heat exhaustion part. So when he said it, like I didn't bat, I, I didn't think much about it because, like you said, we had we had the context of it. Um, but the minute the minute I saw it out on, on the Twitterverse, I knew what was coming next. Like I knew like how people would react uh, to some extent. But I think like Josh and like people like Corey and, and even Ed Hardy and Luke, they kind of added the, the context to it. They kinda, yeah. and they kind of softened the blow a little bit. Otherwise, like it could have been a long day uh, on the internet, on Twitter for Dave Dorn. But yeah, because, because we heard the context and I understood what he was saying like right away. I, I didn't think much of it, but of course it was a thing because, you know, 2020 and social media. So of course it became, yeah. it, it almost became a thing, but I'm, I'm glad it didn't. You know, I, you touched on liking Dave and I, I, I actually do too, because I can sort of, I, there's something very identifiable about being the guy in the room that like, or, or guy or gal, I guess in my case, that like is not, you know, maybe doesn't have as much personality as, as some other people in a room with you, you know, and maybe you're a little dry and sarcastic and maybe, you know, with Mac and Cutcliffe being your neighbors, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough, man. And I I think Dave can be a little bit misunderstood. Do I think he's, has he said some things that I think are kind of whiny and, you know, whatever. Yeah. In the past. Sure. But I think I I like Dave. And when you, when you hear people that get him one-on-one, you know, Mm -hmm. um, they speak really, really highly of him. I know Wes Durham, who's been a guest on this podcast before, is loves Dave and 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 swears by Dave and says he's really funny. 
you know, behind the scenes. He just doesn't let some of that come out. He's a little more guarded with the media, but I think he is making an effort, you know, to try to reach out and be more open. I mean, they've had, they've had like a football lunch in the last two off seasons leading into the spring, which the other schools didn't do, didn't do necessarily. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like, you know, that you could sit down at a table with the coordinators and chat with them and he's trying. And he, he went around to everybody when I went to those lunches and like shook, shook every media member's hand and said hello. And, you know, back when you could shake hands, you know, (laughs) what I'm saying is like, Dave's trying, he's just not, he's not Mac and he's not Cutcliffe, but who among us is, you know, you can't can't be like who you're not. And like you said, I've seen it. Like I haven't been around Dave as much as like, you had with some other media members, but I, I've been around him around him enough to feel like I've seen a difference um, in the last few years. Now, granted, games haven't started yet. You know, he hasn't started, you know, getting those tough questions uh, during the season. So he's a little looser right now, obviously. But I, I just feel like you're right. He's, he's making an effort. Um, I remember seeing him last the last couple of years because they hold uh, the high school football championships, press conferences every year. They hold those at the, at the uh, in the Vaughn Towers. And he shows up like every year and he walks around, he talks to all the coaches, he shakes hands, he's always smiling, he's like in a good mood. So it's, it's definitely not the Dave you see on game day, but I mean, of course it would not be. But yeah, I, I think he may get a bad rap sometimes because of some of the things he said in the past, but I agree with you 100%. I think he's trying. He's, he, and it's hard, like you said, when you compare him to like Mac and Cut, you know, like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and you got Dave pumping in here, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, it looks different when you, you, you line him up beside those guys. Yeah, and even even when Fedora was here, he at least had a shtick, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a huge Fedora guy. Like people, people didn't like Fedora's press conferences sometimes. Like I always enjoyed them because he would, he would, he would, he would tolerate pretty much anything. You could bring up like the most random things, and he was always game. So I, yeah. I was always a Fedora guy. Fedora was interesting in the fact that like I'm, ne- I have never been a hundred percent confident that he knew who everyone was on his own team. <laughs> Have you noticed that too? Like he would just, he would always refer to guys by their number a lot. Um, hey, hey, he, he got to be careful. That that's, has gotten players in trouble uh, recently on, on the Twitter. It has? You didn't see the whole beef with uh, Andre Iguodala and, and the young lady from the WNBA. And I'm, I didn't want to say oh, that. Oh, yes. yes. Referring to people by their numbers obviously is a, is a no-no. So he, he, Fedora better watch it. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was a that was an amusing thing. And last week we discovered when Grace Rayner was on that she that they share a birthday. Um, For and, and Grace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know. Um, and we checked in on Larry, who's just been mostly retweeting a bunch of Baylor memes because I, he works at Baylor now. So yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean. And it's interesting, state schedule. Um, they basically have a coastal division schedule at this point, yep. um, which we talked about last week and how much we love that. But, um, and it, you know, one other thing on Dave, because I thought this was funny, um, you know, a reporter who I like a lot, you know, sort of attempted to crack a joke about like ACC Luminary Boston College. And Dave was quick to be like, hey, listen, like, I'm not joking about them. They kicked our ass last year. Like, that's. I love the response to that. He was like, you think you're going to get me to joke about Boston College? You are wrong. That was, that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I do too. And uh, Lord knows, I was going to say, state people know too. Like, Boston College is a team that they've traditionally had a ton of trouble with anyway. Um, 
you know, just for no, half the time for no explicable reason. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting too. I mean, I don't know how much confidence you have in a season being played. Um, I, I, I know that I don't have a ton, but if it is played or if it at least starts, they start right out with Virginia Tech and then get wake. Like, it's crazy how the season's playing out in that, you know, you don't have that sort of buffer of like, let me play an easy team and then, you know, they're just jumping right in. They just have to jump right in and they've had a lot of staff turnover. I was uh, I was looking at the schedule yesterday because I had to write about just kind of breaking it down and they had to do an easiest game, toughest game and must watch game. And the easy the easy game does not come until November 21st. I'm looking at the schedule and it's like, yo, it is not unrealistic to think State can get off to a very, very rocky start uh, with the way the schedule shapes up. Like you said, staff turnover, uh, so many new faces on defense. Devin Leary still like trying to prove himself at, at quarterback. Like they can start like that. That, that September and October can get really rough, and, and things can get really hot in uh, in Raleigh. Yeah, it, it could get it could get a little rough. And I, I mean, I don't know how much you feel like a pandemic would give Dave a little bit of a grace period, depending on how it plays out. I mean, yeah. I guess that's that's really what it's about, right? It depends on kind of how it plays out and how many cases they have and how that impacts what they do, because it's going to impact everybody. Like, it's not going to be anything resembling a normal college football season. And um, you know, he said it the other day, you know, this could, this is the, this is the only year he's ever been a coach where literally everyone on his roster could not only play, but start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. Um, I don't, do you think that gets him a grace period though? I mean, obviously too, I mean, the athletic department budgetary issues that are inevitably going to be a thing, um, because you're not, even if, even if they do have fans in the stands, it's not going to be very many. And, you know, you're going to take a hit there and you're going to take a hit with all the protocols you have to put into place. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming in terms of if they wanted, even if they wanted to buy them out, that's probably going to be kind of cost prohibitive. And in a season impacted by COVID, it just, I don't know. I mean, it's early to say any of this, but it doesn't feel like that's going to be an issue for Dave or probably for a lot of other coaches across the country. Yeah, I think I think every coach and like I said, you know, including Coach Doran, they get a they get a mulligan this year. Like regardless of what happens, like I think I don't think there's an athletic director in the country with good conscience who could like get rid of a coach under these circumstances, especially a coach who's held a team together throughout the summer and somehow got them to a fall camp. Like as long as no one dies under a coach's watch, I think every coach should be safe this year, considering the circumstances. Yeah, it's it's tough to it's tough to 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 really do any of this fairly. And, right. you know, it's ugh, it's it's going to be real bad. Um, but anyway, speaking of Boston College, though, um, former ACC coach Steve Adazio is now at Colorado State. And, you know, if you need proof that this is going to be tough to do safely, it's probably going to be even tougher if if what has been alleged is going to be true. Um it, it it's it's pretty ugly. Um, it, 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 there's allegations. I know that they um, that Adazio's staff um, was discouraging people from reporting COVID symptoms um, and was you know sort of having guys practice that they know could have it. Um, they had a guy practice with symptoms who wasn't wearing a mask and. You know, it is, it's all pretty ugly. Um, and they said Adazio doesn't wear a mask very much. That's what the players were saying. <laughs> I mean, I that off. Hmm? yeah, seriously, <laughs> man, it's just, 
<laughs> does, that, does that surprise you, though? I mean, not not singling him out, but I'm just saying. Right. Would it surprise you if any college football coach, if you heard about them saying they were trying to cover up stuff to make sure, like, they had guys available and make sure, like, they could play? Like, that would not surprise well, me at all. Well, and here's the thing. We're just doing practice now. Like, mm-hmm. if they're doing this in practice or if they're, like, avoiding guys quarantining and stuff like that because they want them to practice, what are they going to do if they have to play games? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. when they're, all costs. you got to win at all costs and they're not, they're not going to let uh, COVID stop them from, from winning the game. I mean, that's sad to say, but you, you know, like coaches now, like once they get their guys on the grass and they got the helmets on and practice started, they're, that's all they're thinking about. Like they're, they're, they're thinking about schemes and now they have to schedule everything about opponents. Like COVID is probably like dropped down into drop down the rank is the most important thing in their mind right now. So they're going to, they want to make sure like, if a guy's hurt and they try to make sure the guy's hurt because of a little hurt ankle or, or sore ribs, same thing. Like, COVID, you got a little cough. Okay, so what? We're going to get you out here so we can play this game. Like, it's football. It's that football mentality, guys. The coaches are, are looking forward. And I think a lot of them say, hey, we have the player's safety and best interest in mind. But now that they're, like, on the grass and practicing, like, that's all they think about is getting, getting to game day. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as this becomes kind of an increasingly bigger business, because that's what it is, um, even if they don't want to call it that, um, now that you have this going on and you want to feel like if they if they do this, they're going to do it safely. They just have no incentive to do that. They just don't. And it's it's starting to really scare me. It was scary before, but it's starting to scare me more now. Just the implications of what happens if we play this out. Like I've said it before, but I mean, it's worth repeating. Like somebody's going to die. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's what, that's what it's going to take for people to realize like we shouldn't be doing this. But no, you're absolutely right. Like I don't. You asked me earlier, like, what are my feelings towards the season happening? Um, I, I was at about 50 50. I think I'm probably 60 40 now, like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, but deep down inside, I know it shouldn't happen, especially now, like, when you're seeing students arrive early on campuses and they're just not listening and not paying attention. And this, and this is not even like the full student body. And, like, Football players and, and the leaders can, can say all the right things about how they're trying to police the team and they're going to make sure guys don't go out. I guess it's easy to say if you're an older guy, but when you get some freshman on campus who's away from home from the first time, he's from, from a small town of, from God knows where, and there's things going on around campus, like somebody's going to step outside their dorm or apartment and risk it, and then it's going to spread like wildfire if they get back to the football facilities. So I, I just don't see how it happens once like the regular student body population gets back on campus. Yeah, I mean, we saw the viral video from Carolina of like a sorority rush where they were going around without masks. We saw um, even at Louisville, by the way, this story um, is worth mentioning. It came out the other day that um, some soccer players who I think hosted an off-campus party um, that sort of led to an outbreak got kicked off the team. Mm. Um, And I, you know, I, I, I was a little mixed on that. I understand, right? Because like, it's one thing to see a friend off campus and get kicked off the team. It's another thing to host an actual party, you yeah. know? Right. I, I, and so I get it. But at the same time, and Mac Brown touched on this uh, last week, actually, or a couple weeks ago, I think, um, when he was sort of talking about what the protocols were going to be, he says he doesn't get names from the contact tracers because he feels like he doesn't want these guys to feel like they're going to be punished by him if they tell the truth. And I think that's also important too. Like I understand why they did what they did, but at the same time, like if guys know the consequences, 
and that's the consequence, well, why would they tell the truth? They're not going to, you know, and unless right. it's something as egregious as that, it's going to be hard to get to the bottom of, you know, what actually went on because people aren't going to want to tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Scary times we're living in. Yeah. It, and look, you you touched on it too. Like being in college, you, I did so many dumb things as a freshman that, you know, because some of it is like you want to test out some of the things that your parents told you not to do because they were really dangerous, you know? Right. And it's like, this isn't dangerous. I'm not going to die. I'll be fine. And, yeah, you I'm know, I'm, I'm, I'm 18 and I can do what I'm, I'm going to live forever. Yeah. That's, that's the mindset. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's, that's something that we all go through. It's like a part of life. It's a part of our growth. And, um, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it's just not good. Um, <laughs> and another thing that made it hit home as well was, um, Clemson defenseman Xavier Thomas, mm-hmm. I believe if I hope I didn't get that wrong. I'm, my brain is so addled lately, but, um, it, you know, he, he's not going to play for probably most of 2020. Um, Dabo said yesterday because, and that's one of their best defense players because um, of complications from COVID. And actually, as it turns out, um, Grace Rayner reported that Xavier got COVID before returning to campus. Um, So he had a case of COVID followed by strep throat. Um, Yeah. And so I don't, it's weird, right? I don't know. Do you think that he was counted like in their positives? Um, I don't know. Because if he caught it before he returned to campus, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Because that'd be like, what, 38? But I wonder if they tested him again once he got on campus and he was positive and they counted him towards the number. I'm not sure. I I don't know all the details right now. Um, I'm going to look that up because I don't know. Maybe he didn't come to campus at all. Um, Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I doubt. If he didn't, if he didn't come to campus at all, I can't see how they would have counted him. Like I doubt they wanted to like get their numbers up in that regard. So if he didn't come to campus at all, I don't think they juke the stats that way. So. Oh, sorry. I got an autoplay video. Guys, I don't want this autoplay video. No, (laughs) no. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, uh, he had a case of strep throat, um, as well after the COVID. Um, and he's just, I think Dabo said he's nowhere near the condition he needs to be in. And we know that COVID in and of itself could also affect guys breathing and, and right. lungs. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, he, I, he could, I, I think like they're going to give him a red shirt. He could red shirt, you know, he could still play in four games. Right. Uh, right. And then red and red shirt. Cause that's the rule. Um, but yeah, it's, oof, no, it, it's, this isn't a funny situation, but I saw somebody post on Twitter like, "It's like, how do you gain weight with strep throat and COVID?" They say he gained like twelve to fifteen pounds while he was home. Yeah, I noticed that too, and I was I thought that was weird. Yeah, he had he had COVID in the spring, it looks like, and then strep throat later in the summer, and was not able to work out at all until June. Mm. Um, so obviously, like he's there. I mean, he was there at practice the other day. I just don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and also just from a purely football standpoint, not that it's not beyond that at this point, but between him and Justin Ross, like those are two big losses for Clemson. Um, not great. But again, this this season, who even knows what's going to happen with it? Right. So. Right. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't look into that too much. because We probably won't see these kids until 2021 anyway. So, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know Clemson was preseason number one yesterday in the coaches poll. Carolina came in at 19 and I, can they like, can we count Notre Dame this year? I feel like we can. Cause I, I did. when I, Yeah. I feel like we should for sure. I did. When I wrote it up yesterday, I was like, Notre Dame gives the ACC four top, top 25 teams. Yeah. Um, they could, they're playing they're an ACC, ACC schedule. schedule. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they were in the top 10 as well. Virginia tech snuck in there. Um, and a lot of teams receive votes. Duke got a vote. Um, wow. I really want to know who did it. <laughs> the Chase, the Chase Bryce effect, man. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe Dabo did. Well, both Cutcliffe and Dabo vote. There you um, go. There it is. Maybe Dabo was like, "Yeah, that's my guy, Chase Bryce. He won us a game against Syracuse that we were going to lose without him." Uh, never forget Chase Bryce. That was amazing. Was that the first game right after Kelly Bryant at left? Um, yes, that's right. Yes, because basically at that point, like Chase had been third string at that point. And up until that game when he was second and then Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. And (laughs) And everybody was like, see, this is why Kelly Bryant should have stayed. No, not exactly. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what that. No, guys, come on. But yeah, that that was uh, that was Chase Bryce uh, saving the day. Oh well, I mean Etienne to be fair, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you know whatever. Uh, it, so yeah, maybe that was who voted for them. Um, I'm I'm always amused to see who gets votes, and I always find myself like. Like I was mad for App that they didn't get in, and then to see some of the teams ahead of them, I was like, "This is ridiculous! Come on!" Like, no, you don't give Miami more votes than App. Sorry, let's not yeah. do this again with Miami. Miami also had a, a player, but uh, it was Greg Rousseau, I believe, another defensive end, opt out of playing um, in 2020. He has more sacks than games played, which I love stats like that. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with these players who. Yeah, no, they're going to be like high draft picks and like, nope, not going to do it. I'm with that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I, I get it. I, I feel like there's literally any reason these guys could give to not play and I would be fine with it. But um, certainly, yeah, if you're an NFL draft prospect and you, you know, the risk is maybe low of you getting it. But if you get it, you know, it could you could get in a position like Xavier Thomas finds himself in and, you know, an otherwise very healthy and athletic kid um that doesn't i I didn't see any risk factors reported for xavier um you just don't know and you're you're rolling the dice i think the analogy i saw somebody give which i thought was really interesting was like if somebody said a big jar of like skittles in front of you and was like one of these is poisonous (laughs) (laughs) and you'll die if you eat it (laughs) yeah one is poisonous and maybe like five of them will give you like permanent lung damage um good luck just have a skittle like (laughs) you know when you put it that way it makes more sense right it's like maybe i just won't eat any of them (laughs) i don't know so yeah i I totally get it and i've I've seen some people say that the guys if they do move it to spring guys maybe won't play um uh, maybe but like you said if you're a draft prospect and you're starting to look at what's going on around the country and i think that's what we're seeing too right i think we're seeing guys look around at what's going on and the way that it's being handled um, by various leagues and, and maybe some of the plans they're putting out and are just saying, no, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I think that's why you're seeing guys do this now as opposed to having done it before now. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely they're, they're, they're surveying the landscape and seeing what's going on. They're making like this, they're making a business decision, even though, you know, college football 
isn't a you know they are they are not employees technically speaking mm-hmm. but they are making the best business decision for themselves I'm, I'm all for it like i'm actually first man go go out there and, and and look out for your family in in these unique times and, and make sure you're taken care of and you're going to be healthy to to make some earnings like in the future it's also worth noting that everybody um who goes to college has to have health insurance, right? So whether you buy it from the school or whatever it is, or you get some sort of form of insurance that, you know, Medicaid or whatever it is, you get something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get it through the school or certain types of policies, um, there's a catastrophic injury policy where a school will, or the NCAA or both will help you cover if you get hurt, you know, playing football, um, they'll help cover some of your expenses while you're in school. It's worth noting. Um, but they don't for COVID, there's no policy like that. So if you got wild. sick with it is wild. It, yeah. And I, I wanted to clarify because I saw this in a, in a law article I was reading because I'm working on a piece about liability because we keep hearing that all these players are going to sue. And spoiler alert, that's not going to be such an easy thing to do. Um, well, it's easy to sue. You can sue anybody you want, but it's not going to be the easiest case to, to win as everybody right. kind of thinks it is right. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of reasons, um, and especially here in North Carolina, by the way, where there's um, some restrictions on liability um, that involve negligence on the part of the plaintiff. And if they can prove that you exhibited any sort of negligence that could contribute, contributory negligence is what it's called. Um, you could you could have your claim thrown out or, or not win your case. Um, just because of that. Like if you did anything to contribute to the situation and, and there's no COVID law in the books, right? Like it's, there's no precedent. Like all these courts are going to be establishing all these new precedents and it's really probably going to depend on the judge and it's going to be crazy out there. Yeah. I think, I feel like we've all been saying that for the last two, three months, it's going to be crazy out there. And we don't know our, our, our favorite phrases, but no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Well, yeah, but I think we've also been hearing people say a bunch like, oh, they're going to just sue, 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 and they're going to win all this money. And it's like, um, well. Not so, not so fast, right? Yep. Not not quite so fast. But yeah, I mean, I think that's also something I would be considering if I were a student athlete, too, is like how how much will be covered for me um, if I get COVID by a school? I mean, some schools will likely would likely pony up that cash. Um, from whatever insurance doesn't cover because it would be a horrible look to not do that, especially right. if you're a power, power five school. But like, I don't know that every school is going to do that, you know, and it's not great. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I hate when these podcasts become such downers. <laughs> right. We suppose, we, we, last time we started out with fun stuff. Well, we started out with serious stuff in on a high note. So yeah, got heavy there for a second. Well, I don't know that this will be much of a high note because I did want to ask you about this since I have you. Um, Three teams in the ACC, including NC State, have a team on their schedule in the non-conference that I think raised some eyebrows. Um, uh, I'm I'm being euphemistic there because I was furious. Um, Liberty. Liberty Liberty made the cut. Um, State, I know, is in a little bit of a tough position for a couple of reasons. Um, one, the contract stipulates that if they try to get out of it, um, for any reason that, um, such as it said in the contract, which I thought was a key word legally, but it might not be. Um, and they listed several different things like natural, you know, natural disasters, weather events, things like that, government restrictions, but a pandemic was not in the contract. 
um, under the force majeure clause. <laughs> um, but it did say such as those things, you yeah. know, uh, that was what I was kind of looking at, but it would have resulted in a protracted court battle. NC State, I know, has resources invested right now in fighting its NCAA case in court um, and lawyering up there. Um, $2 million is a lot of money to get out of a contract. Um, and it's and NC State's in a tough position, too, because the rest of its non-conference games weren't viable. Right. right? So They couldn't do, do Ole Miss and Delaware and Troy. Uh, well, they couldn't do Delaware because they post, that whole conference stopped playing. Right. Um, and they couldn't go to Troy. So yeah. they were they were their their, their options were, were definitely definitely limited. So liberty it was. Mississippi State, by the way, just not to, you know, Mike Leach and company. Um, we will not see them in Raleigh this Man, year. I was you know that was probably the most disappointing thing about all this because somebody brought it to my attention. They were like, oh, man, that means no Mike Leach. And I was like, that's right. Mike Leach was the coach from Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State this year. So, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, they got Mississippi State has Mike Leach and Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin. Mississippi is lit. Oh, listen, listen, forget forget last chance. You that's that's the uh, that's the Netflix show I want to watch in Mississippi. Uh, Mike Leach and, and Lane Kiffin just follow those guys around with a camera. All for the offseason. That that's 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 gold right there. <laughs> oh my god! And I, I, I so I don't want to put you on the spot too much with this, um, but I, I am curious because the ACC had issued a statement saying if you play somebody in the non-conference, they have to meet this minimum threshold of medical protocols. Well, what we've seen out of Liberty since this pandemic hit was nothing that would suggest meeting any sort of medical protocol. So I guess my my curiosity, and I'm I I, I still may reach out to state, and I, I didn't know if you already had or not because I didn't ask you before this started. So that's why I'm sorry to put you on the spot. But like, is that something that they have some sort of proof that Liberty is adhering to some sort of standard of, of minimum medical protocol, considering their president basically said that it was not a big deal and got everybody back to campus in March? Yeah, this is this is weird because I feel like state states officials have definitely been in contact with Liberty. So there has been some communication and you would think that they had to ask, okay, what have you guys been doing to like ensure it's your student athletes and just as everyone has been safe in this situation. And like you said, it's been like pretty public that Liberty has just like, Hey, whatever. So yeah, this is, this is just strange. I think state, obviously we talked about the contract. Uh, they had to play a non-conference game. I, I just, it, it sucks to say this, but I, I think they were just in a tough spot and needed that game and maybe turn the other cheek a little bit. Does, it, does, it, does, it, does that seem pretty accurate? Turn the other cheek yeah. in, in the situation. Oh. A biblical reference, appropriate, yeah. Um, and it's uh, you know, it, it, there's other issues with liberty, of course, and and not all of those issues were as public when state had this, you know, signed this contract. Um, uh, you know, we've seen some issues of racism crop up where athletes and staffers are leaving, and this is a time where a lot of athletic programs have, at least in you know, in their social media and and publicly, have claimed to embrace Black Lives Matter and. Um, listen to their players and uh, you know, it's not. Yeah. So for yeah, that reason first, as well, one of the first players to leave was a uh, Asia tie from Clayton. Oh yeah. 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 That's I right. remember that. He played basketball at Liberty. And she, she was one of the first ones to, to, to leave. And I think it was a reaction. Um, I'm sure it was not just the one thing, but you know, Jerry Falwell Jr. has made some problematic racial posts. Uh, I, I shouldn't say, I mean, racist posts. Let's just call it call it what it is. Right. <laughs> um, and and uh, you know, I'm sure there's other issues. Or you know, 
as well. Some some people there have alluded to that, but you know, combi- and then the fact that they hired Ian McCaw from Baylor, who helped cover up sexual assault, yeah. allegedly, um, and didn't seem to care all that much about that aspect of it. Um, just a lot of issues and, uh, you know, adding the, but I honestly, and this is where like, I am cynical like you and you, you think that they'll do anything they can to make the almighty dollar or whatever it is. But like, I, even I was like, well, there's no way an ACC school will agree to pay Liberty to play Liberty after what they've done. And yet three ACC schools are doing that. Right. No, hey, Liberty came out and, and took a stance. Like, no, we're playing all 12 games this year. We don't, what's, we're going to play. We're playing all our games full schedule. Balls in your court. What's up? And AC school is like, okay, we're down. We'll play. We need a game in the, in the court, which is strange considering uh, that university. I just, you know, it, when the medical protocols came out from the ACC, um, in addition to the schedule, I did read through them and I was like, you know what? These seem re- pretty good and reasonable um, and thorough. Um and I had some faith, perhaps naively, that they would be looking out for the best interests of the kids. And to hear that they're doing this, I guess I just want to hear from somebody at one of those schools that like talked to somebody at Liberty and was like, hey, you know, we need proof that y'all are doing this. Because like, would you want to play a team the, the week after they played Liberty? Because every single team that plays Liberty plays an ACC team the next week. Wait, every single team that plays Liberty yeah. plays an ACC team next week. Interesting. Yep. Yep. And I, I mean, to be fair, State plays Syracuse the week after, and Syracuse is also playing Liberty. So, um, yeah, one of them plays Miami the week after. Um, I think it's NC State plays Miami the week after. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's towards the end of the year, but I mean, if Miami's in a contention for a championship, I mean, however unlikely, but whatever. Um <laughs> you know, would, would you, I wouldn't want to play them. I'd be like, no, like show me some receipts that those guys follow protocol. Like I'm not doing that. Yeah. But you know, once, by the time these, by the time the season start and they get these games going. That's the thing. It's probably one. moot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> because like, but well, we know, we know this, we know how this goes. <laughs> once the thing starts rolling. Oh, okay. Look, we're okay. We got enough bodies. We got a few fans. Yeah. Game on. So yeah. And Sy- Syracuse is the first ACC ACC team to play them, I believe, in October, mid October. So, like with so many other things in this pandemic, like they'll be the test cases, I guess. Yeah. Well, the good thing is Sy- Syracuse already yeah. have a bubble. They already play in a bubble, so that's good. That's good for them. I know. I saw that joke a lot. That was that was good, though. Oh, it's true. It's accurate. I, really I thought it was original. Okay, thank. Uh, well, it, it, it's original if it came from your mind, like you, you know. But it, yeah, I saw that, and then uh, I, I also saw. Um, I think it was Chris Spatola, um, Coach K's son-in-law, who also covers college basketball, and is pretty is pretty good at it, really good at it. Um, but anyway, Chris uh, had tweeted out something like, well, "What are we going to do if college basketball starts? If they if they're in a bubble? Because that there was some reports yesterday that college basketball was looking into that, which is smart. Um, some sort of modified bubble model." Because you, you've already seen that that's worked the best for the leagues that have come back. And, sure. and Spatola was like, what are we going to call the NCAA tournament bubble then? Going <laughs> <laughs> to have a lot of bubble confusion. Um, right. They're on the bubble while they're in the bubble. In the bubble, maybe. in the bubble. In the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, we've still got a ways to go with college basketball. I don't feel one way or the other about that right now because we've got a ways to go. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, and football is different. You know, it's it, it, you're going to have to see travel, you know, and they to have it work, you probably do want to start in the fall um, 
and you don't want to be playing in the spring, you know, and all of these things factor in, whereas basketball in theory could wait until January and probably start a little bit later, maybe even February, who knows? And and it would be fine. Yeah. I I just don't see like for these power five conferences, like pushing things back to the spring, it could work. I don't see how it works for these smaller conferences with smaller staffs and staff members who are being split between multiple sports and you got to try to, you trying to play them all in the spring. Like that's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, that's true. It'll be interesting, but it's at least like, it's way more feasible in my opinion for college basketball to push their startup than for college football to do it. Because, you know, David Cutcliffe said it too. Like some teams get more early enrollees than others. Like, what are you going to do with those guys? Are they going to be allowed to play in the spring? Like, you know, if so, some teams are going to have more advantages than others because Duke lets fewer of those guys in. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that if you have an NFL future and you want to be drafted, you're probably less likely to want to play even more so in the spring. Yeah. Although who knows what's going to happen with the NFL season at this point, they're probably going to go full steam ahead because that's, that's how the NFL does things. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I, I, I remain mystified by the way about like why they haven't looked into a bubble for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Same because it's working so well for like the NBA. Like why it it would, I would think it would be pretty easy for the NFL to pull off the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. And we've seen like with baseball, what travel has done. And that's a sport with way more social distancing than football. Right. (laughs) So I don't know, man, whatever, Roger Goodell, you know, let's just have faith in him. Uh, What has he ever messed up? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, God, I hate to do this, but I, I have, I can't get out of this podcast with you without mentioning, um, the death, the tragic death of Michael Ojo. Um, who I loved very much when he played at Florida state, he died of a heart attack at age 27. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, I just, he's so wonderful to watch. Like you've never seen a player quite like him. Nike had to make him his own special shoe, um, size 21. Um, because they didn't make a shoe that fit Ojo. Um, his feet were too big. His feet were, if you've ever seen him in person, I know you have, Right. Uh, he, he had probably like the biggest head I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and the biggest feet just in, he's an enormous human being, but just like a slab of granite, you know, um, the seven footer, he was seven foot one. Um, and he, um, everybody loved the way he set screens. Um, cause he would get down almost like he was about to like twerk. <laughs> We called them the twerk screen at the time because like he would get in a like in a stance like that. And it was just really I mean, he was wonderful to watch. And I got to talk to him a couple of times when he was at at Florida State. And he's just the most wonderful guy um, from Nigeria, um, but went through a lot, as you might imagine, in his life to get to where he was at. Um, And he was part of my favorite friendship, um, Boris Bojanowski. How do I not know how to say that anymore? I always just called him Bojo, who was another seven footer, um, thin as a rail, another foreign guy for Florida State. And they became like best friends. And um, I loved their friendship so much. Like it just made me so happy. And I I hate that this happened. Um, So tragic. What a wonderful person Michael was. And I hate this so much. 2020 sucks, except for for Jonas. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, I, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, no. In all seriousness, like, I hate every time I hear a situation like this, like an athlete collapsing and it's later yeah. later due to a heart attack. It's like, like you said, I, I just 
I just I just lose it for a second. Like my heart stops. Oh, bad pun. I'm sorry. Take that out. No, no, I get what you're saying. Edit that out. Sorry. Oh my god, that was horrible. That was horrible. That was horrible. Um, okay. Yeah, that was horrible. But no, I, I get it because like that's scary. Just because these athletes you see who are like otherwise you think like they're so in great shape and invincible, but then like something like this just takes them out while they're playing, like while they're on the court and like doing what yeah. they're doing. It's just it's it's it's, it's tragic, man. Tragic doesn't yeah. even do it justice for like. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I tweeted at Leonard Hamilton. I never do stuff like that, but I was just like, please, if you talk to Michael's family um, and friends, let him know that he was very beloved in ACC country. Like everybody liked Michael and thought he was a really neat guy. Um, and yeah, so that's just, oh, it sucks. Um, what is a lighter note we can get out on? About, I'm not even sure. The same thing. Like, we, we, can't, <laughs> we absolutely cannot end right there. Oh, yeah. No, we can't. We cannot. Um, I'm trying to think. I did tweet out a bowling video of Michael and Boris going bowling. And it's unreal to see how huge his hands were relative to like a bowling ball. Like he's almost like palming the bowling ball. It's ridiculous. Oh, wait, let, me uh, it. let me see if I find my page. Oh, I see it. Yeah, it's so great. And um, I wish I still had my vines because I vined one time him and Bojo like dapping each other up and loving on each other and put like, you're my best friend by Queen over it. I miss Vine. I miss Vine. It's the it's the video app we, we used uh, that wasn't stealing our information. Well, um, <laughs> some people were saying that maybe if we get rid of TikTok, maybe they'll bring back Vine. Oh, I would love that. I miss Vine. I liked Vine. I would I would waste so much time. Looking at Vine. And it's perfect for my attention span, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I can yeah. I, 45 seconds I tune out. So yeah, Vine was perfect for me. Yeah, it was it was so great. Um ah, gosh. I don't I'm trying to think of something really positive that we can end on. Um, what are you watching these days? I always ask people that. What are you doing oh, these days? So I'm rewatching The Wire in um like because of that podcast that Jamel Hill and Van Lathan are doing uh, way down in the hole. I love that podcast. It's great. And I, I started, but I stopped. I, I really liked it. Well, what helped me was at first I was trying to catch up as fast as I could. And um, I actually got way ahead of them and I got less value out of it than I did when I actually watched the episodes close to, um, you know, when they did them, because then yeah. it's like, you know, then you actually, it's way fresher in your mind and you right, remember right, right what they're talking about. And, um, I, I just love that. And sh- and they have great trivia nuggets that they drop too. Cause she's read, um, all the pieces matter, the book about the making of the wire. I have that on my list to read as well. Um, I've really, knocked it out in like a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, uh, you know, it's funny to hear van cause van lives in California. Talk about like running into some of these, uh, people from the wire, um, running into, uh, Lieutenant Daniels at the gym. And being like, Lieutenant Daniels! <laughs> and him just sort of giving him a look like, yeah. Here's the problem, here's the problem why I stopped listening to that podcast. I have two problems. I have two reasons why I really stopped listening to it. A is because I wasn't watching the show anymore. Like, I, I wasn't watching it along with like, as they were doing the episodes. So like you said, it wasn't fresh in my mind, which it didn't need to be because I've watched The Wire so many times. So I was like, all right, well, I'm oh, see, this is my only my second full. This is only my uh, second, my, my first rewatch, I guess. OK, yeah. And so I, I probably I probably rewatched where I like six or seven times. So and I wasn't watching it along with them. So I'm like, all right, whatever. And B, this is going to sound like really uh, like arrogant, but I've watched The Wire so many times. Like, I don't feel like there are that many people who know more about The Wire than I do. So right. I'm listening to the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew that. 
Oh yeah, I knew that. Oh yeah, I knew that. So I'm like, you know what? This is pointless. I mean, this, this is pointless to me. I, I enjoy some of the NBA analogies. You know, like they talk about what a high PER Slim Charles has, <laughs> um, and I, you know, I enjoy the Stringer Bell. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I did like the, the Stringer. We not we won't say it. For your listeners, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Stringer F boy moments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, gosh, what have I plowed through recently? I watched I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Um, I, I finished with that. That was really interesting. If you're into true crime, um, yeah. yeah. I actually recently watched. I can't remember what the name of that um documentary is. I need to look it up because if you have HBO, you need to watch it. Um, uh, it's about the mayor of Stockton, California. Okay. Michael Tubbs. Um, it is called. I oh God. What is it called? I need to. I need to. Uh, I have HBO, so I definitely add it to my list. And you haven't watched this yet, okay? It's called no. Stockton on My Mind. Okay. Um, and it is amazing. And basically, Michael is doing a lot of things that are not. He's twenty-seven years old. He was twenty-seven years old when he was elected mayor. Um, of Stockton, and it's one of the more like crime-riddled uh, cities. They got foreclosed on a lot. Um, you know, during the foreclosure stuff, um, and, and, and it's a city that's not doing well. So he's experimenting with universal basic income and scholarships for low income kids to go to college. Okay. Um, it's, it can be a little bit of a rough watch at times, but it's, it's, it's just super cool to see his dad was in prison. Um, and you know, he was raised by his mother and, um, and his aunt largely. And, you know, it's, it's a really interesting thing to me too. And not to get too far off the rails here, but whatever, we're already here. Like <laughs> you see some, you see some pushback from people that are against the black lives matter movement saying that they're against the nuclear family. But the way I read their manifesto in terms of the nuclear family is just accepting that because of a variety of factors, whether it's mass incarceration or whatever, um, there are a lot of of, of women and collections of women that have to raise and, and male relatives too, that maybe aren't, aren't the, the father of the child that have to raise a child kind of collectively. And they talked about like that whole, it takes a village model. And, and I think what they want is just to ex- make that model more accepted because it's a lot of people's reality. Um, and it can, you know, it can work. And she really prioritized in spite of having to work really hard, like making sure Michael grew up really with a good education. And, right. and, and he ended up at Stanford and, and then ended up being the mayor. And, and it's a really cool story. And I, I think when you see the way Michael was raised, you can see more what they're talking about, in my opinion, um, if that's a concern to you. Um, uh, if it's, a, you know, to you, I, the I, general I, person. I, I, yeah. definitely, I definitely watch that. Did you watch... Um did you watch last the latest last chance you not yet okay okay Okay, yeah that's on the list for sure okay that is we started off alone on netflix just out of curiosity um and my husband liked that but i didn't get into it as much like the survivalist one where like they get put in the wilderness it was weird you know my my Um, latest thing and i know we we really all get off the rail now My, my my latest Thing I love to watch is on Disney Plus is a Hostile Planet. Like I love watching Hostile Planet. Oh, I've I, never seen it. Usually, oh if God. we have Disney Plus on at my house, it's something my kid wants to watch. So fair, that's fair. But I don't know. <laughs> I stumbled upon. Like, I love like those nature type shows, low key. And it's uh-huh. like, it's one season is like the Amazon. One is like the rain. One is like uh, the desert. One is like the polar Ooh. places. Like so kind of like Planet Earth, but yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, cool! I watched all of Planet Earth. It was awesome. Yeah, so it's five uh, episodes, season one, on Disney Plus. So, um, yeah, so that it, it, 
Oh, gosh, by now you've probably seen When They See Us, right? Yeah, I watched it. Okay, good. No, okay. Yeah. When They See Us, the, uh, by the, the, uh, the, David DeVernay. The New York Five. I mean, the, uh, yeah, yeah, Central Park Five. Yeah. Central Park Five. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I watched it. I watched it. See, this is what I'm saying. It, it remains depressing because the type of media that I consume, like, the most is like true crime ish, criminal justice related, you know, rehabbing the system, all of that type of stuff. So like none of it's happy. Um, I'm trying to think of the last like funny show I watched. Oh, I just finished watching Community. Uh, that, that's funny. See, I've been debating starting that because I've never seen it. You got to watch it, and, I'm, I, okay. and I will give you. I will tell you this though. After Donald Glover, after Donald Glover leaves, uh, you do you didn't know he left, right? I didn't, that wasn't a spoiler. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I knew that. After he leaves, it's downhill. I mean, downhill fast. But while he is there, is one of the funniest shows. It's so random at times, but it's. You see how talented he is, how funny he is before like he went all uh, Childish Gambino, but Community. And I just started watching Superstore, which is pretty good, too, but it's no Community. Like community is, is is hilarious. I also watched this like British movie recently. Um, I think it's called Second Date Sex. Okay. Yeah. Or a guide to second date sex or something like that. It's called. Yeah, I think it's called a guide to second date sex or something along those lines. It was on Hulu. Um, I laughed a lot at that movie. It's just two very awkward people on a second date after they'd met at a bar, um, the first time and like had a really nice time, but they were wasted, you know? And then then they get together like after the fact and they're sober and it's just the awkwardness was something I could really relate to. Um, I don't know why. It did not get good reviews, but I, <laughs> but I laughed a lot at at that at well, that movie. That's all that matters. And I, and I watched. Um, I'm back to watching Shameless again. I love the show Shameless. I don't know if you watch Shameless. I've never seen. Well, we don't have like I, I will go in for HBO for a lot of reasons. Um, but we don't have Showtime. Um, and Netflix. I don't. Oh, is it? Oh, you're right. It is on Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. See, sometimes though, I'm afraid to start shows like that. Like, I'm still not caught up on Better Call Saul, partially because like we didn't have Hulu for a bit, and like I got, you know, Netflix is so behind on putting those episodes up for right. that. Yeah, yeah, that it's yeah. like you're right. Yeah, but and so sometimes with those types of shows, it's like I'm afraid to get into it. But listen, Shameless is in my top five. Like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. I was late to it. Like people, people kept trying to convince me to watch it. I was like, no, nah, I don't want a new show. I don't want a new show. And then I was hanging out with someone um, at somebody's house and they were watching it. And I was like, oh, okay, not bad. And then I like, I fell into it and I like, got hooked. It's like the cast is amazing. Like, uh, William was William H. Macy. Like he's great. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, he's like, really it's, good. It's a really, really good show. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, maybe I will. I tried Ozark and I, and I, we stopped. I just, what? I, yeah, oh, I know. God. Ozark. I know. Ozark is another show that I know we 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 are getting really off base now. You might not even use this stuff, but since we're talking, <laughs> Ozark is one of those shows. Like, see, this is how I am. I never believe hype. Like, if I see everybody talking about it, the first thing I always tell myself is like, it can't be that good. Like, it can't be as good as you guys are hyping it up to be. Like, I'm I'm such a cynic, and like, no, it can't be that good. There's no way. But then I watch Ozark. I was like, nope, it's that good. Like, you guys hyped it up. Nope. It's good. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe I should dive back in. I don't know. It just starts slow. slow. I'll give you that. I think it's okay. That's good to know. Cause like the breaking bad parallel too was like, and and I guess like, I I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Cause it's not like I'm comparing the two, but I'm comparing some of the plot lines, I guess. And like the way things played out. 
Yeah, no, Ozark starts really, really slow. But if you if you get past like those first couple episodes, it's definitely worth the ride. But it's also one of those shows. Well, in my opinion, I'm like, okay, this has had a great run. How are we going to wrap this story up? Like, how how are they going to end this? Right. So I'm ready for yeah. to wrap it up before it gets watered down too much. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. yeah. And and that's always a problem with shows like that because they have to have an end point. Um, and as we know, they don't always wrap up all nope. that well. But um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's that's really I mean, I'm I'm try, I'm alone in my home this week, this weekend. So like, I'm going to start diving into some, but see, that's the thing because my husband's not here and he doesn't like scary stuff or like true crime. I probably will like watch mostly that because yeah. I can't, I can't watch it when he's here unless he's asleep. Cause he'll, he'll get scared. Where's he, um, where's he going? Uh, they, they're, they're going to, um, they had, a, he had a family situation crop up. So they're going oh, okay. to, uh, see his family um in florida thankfully he told me already they were like some of the only people on the plane which was good to hear um and southwest i know mandates masks and like um and they make they there's like nobody sitting in the middle seats and all that other stuff so hopefully i think it was fine but i i don't want to fly right now i I don't want to fly for a bit here but this was just one of those times where it couldn't really be avoided um for him to get down there and have time to do what he's got to do. But um, yeah, so I, but I'm excited. I mean, I tweeted this the other day, like it's so crazy and I'll, I'll get you out here after this, but like it's gotten to this weird place with me where like, I am glad to have a family of course and blessed. And I'm glad that we're all able to be together during this, but like we're five months into this man. Like I need some space and some alone time. <laughs> like, I just need like some, some independent time, like where I can, decide what I do, even though I know I can't go anywhere. That's not even the point. It's like, I can watch what I want on TV. I can play music. I can do all this other stuff that I can't do. No, on I, my- get I get it. Yeah. My, my wife and I have been together here, obviously since March, but she went back to work last week. And I was like, the first day she went back, I was like, Oh, this is what the house, having a house to myself feels like. I forgot. I've completely forgotten the feeling of just being alone in the house and just doing what I want to run the house all day. Yeah. I'm lucky in that. Like, my husband, well, lucky. I'm lucky that my husband has continued to have to work in a uh, healthcare professional capacity. Yes, that's very fortunate. No, but I mean, he. It, it, I, I'm lucky in that, like, they've both been out of the house this whole time during the day. But I, I've also been like busier than before, so mm-hmm. I, I still like I've been working all day for the most part. So like, I haven't had that time during the day. That's not time to myself. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like. Gotcha that's time like that I have to spend doing other stuff. And so like, I'm just glad to have a couple days where I can kind of do what I want to do and watch what I want to watch. Last time this happened though, I watched, what did I watch back to back? I watched uh Midsommar and. Oh yeah. It, you tweeted about that. Cause my wife and yeah. I, watched, um, what did we watch? And you tweeted about like, don't watch Midsommar. We watched um, some horror movie that was terrible. Um, was it hereditary? Is that a movie? That's by the same guy too. Yeah, that okay. did Midsommar. Hereditary. And actually, I thought Hereditary. I thought Hereditary was way more intense than Midsommar. Actually, but Hereditary. Um, it was it was horrible. It's it was pretty intense. I, I was it was it was a little bit of a mess, but it was pretty intense. Like I was like, oh my god! Like I had several moments where I was just like revulsed watching that. No, nah, she doesn't. She doesn't. She lost her movie picking privileges for a while because she picks the worst movies. That one was tough, man. And actually, my husband picked that one because he didn't think it would be as bad as Midsommar. And I told him after the fact, I was like, no, actually, Midsommar is not as bad as this one. (laughs) And and by bad, I mean like scary. And I love scary. So I really liked Midsommar a lot. I thought Hereditary was a little bit less um, 
a little bit more all over the place. Um, yep. There you go. That's that's the perfect way to describe it. It was all over the place. And then again, it, though, I don't, scary, like, I don't like scary movies either. So I, I wasn't really into it from the start. So, Well, it wasn't even scary as much as it was gross. Oh, it was definitely like, gross. Yeah. But those moments are like horrifying where you're like, Jesus, what just her head did what? <laughs> oh, my God. And that's not even a spoiler because that could apply to multiple things. But <laughs> Yeah, it's just, oof. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll probably end up, I'm, I've just got to, I got to be judicious in the way I consume this stuff and not, not go too hard on the true crime or the uh, um, criminal injustice shows that I love. Yeah, yeah, my, my wife, she leads, she leads the TV on the ID, was it ID network? And like, that's her, so, that's her jam all day. So I have the, had this weird phenomenon recently where like, and I, okay, we really are going to be done after this and Nadia, you can edit out as much of this as you want. But like, so I, I, ID and that kind of stuff in like Dateline was like my gateway drug, right? And yeah. then Serial Podcast comes out and you start to wonder like, wow, there's a lot of ambiguity here. And mm-hmm. I wonder how many other cases have this kind of ambiguity in terms of a guy might not have done this and maybe maybe this case was done incorrectly and this guy should have been found not guilty because there wasn't enough evidence, but it was sort of manufactured, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then it started getting into more podcasts that look into actual criminal injustices like Undisclosed, which takes a deeper look at Adnan's case from Serial and then a bunch of other cases of wrongful convictions. They've gotten a, a, couple, a bunch of guys out of jail already. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, they've had some cases of interest in this state as well with Ronnie Long. And, and I don't remember the woman's name, but a woman who was accused of poisoning her husband. Um, and it's not all that likely that that happened. Uh, and it's, it opens your eyes, I guess, to what I'm saying as to like how cases can be presented in a certain way publicly. And that there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that can be really problematic. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that includes the way they're presented sometimes on like ID and shows like that, where it's like, they they can make somebody look really guilty and like kind of sensationalize some of the evil parts of it um, when that's not necessarily how things played out. I don't know if that makes sense, but no, no, I got you. I'm right there with you. But anyway, it's hard. Like I watched Dateline the other night for the first time in forever with my, with my family. And I was like yelling at the TV this whole time. I'm like, you don't know that. Like, <laughs> That doesn't necessarily mean that. Like, I am now way more skeptical of the way I see crimes presented publicly because I know what can go into that. So, like, now I'm like a woke true crime person, I guess. I don't know what the phrase is. Like, that's, yeah. All right. Well, I'll get everybody out of here on this. Um, Thanks so much to Jonas. And you can follow him on Twitter at, I believe, J.E. Pope. IV. And all right, I will talk to everybody next week. 